up, guys? Nene's microphone decided to take a day off. She's here. I'm here. She probably just sabotaged her own microphone so she didn't have to talk. So I'm here. <laughs> she's somewhere here. She's in the background. Maybe if you guys listen really, really carefully, you can hear her. Um, but yeah, we're back. Okay. Kinda. She's gonna yell as loud as she can while I talk calmly. I'm sure they can hear me. I, I'm pretty sure they can't hear you. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> the topic, the purpose of the podcast. How about you for now? How about you repeat what I say? How about you repeat what I say? <gasps> like that? Well, not with the facial Well, not with the facial expressions like that. Okay. Okay. The purpose of this podcast is to make fun of Nene. Um, you remember that quote, like with your professor, which is it? Your professor. Do I remember the quote from my management professor, Professor Miller? Yes. Introduced several times with everybody. My children. Your children. <laughs> so, the quote about not letting life can play the code. Yeah, so for those that can't hear Nene, she's asking about a quote that my management professor would um, tell us a lot um that i've adopted it's one of the the two things that i say that i learned in college that i actually use on a on a daily basis um he told us a quote he would tell us a quote all the time don't let school get in the way of your education and he would talk about that because in in this particular class we would get into groups and we would have to do um like these presentations on companies and we had to pick a certain company that he would give options to the groups. You know, there was a smaller class um, and we would have to do the presentation of the company in front of an executive of that company. And my group got UPS and we also got lucky because the executive, one of the executives that he got couldn't make it in the day that we presented. So we just had to do our presentation and they had to take our word for it. Um, but they would have like CEOs or, you know, whoever come in um, for the other groups. And there, there were some companies like uh, Brunswick, Ranger, like companies like that. Um, and there were times where cause obviously he had multiple classes so there would be multiple businesses. And there would be somewhere he would encourage us to come in for those so we can see kind of how that, you know, executive kind of runs the business and stuff. And people would say, well, I can't make it because I have other classes that day or at that time. And that's when he would tell us, don't let school get in the way of your education. You know, because he's like, if, you're if it's a math class and you're missing one day, you're not missing much. But how often do you get to actually learn the practical side of running a business from someone that's been successful in it you know so he would encourage us to not let school get in the way of our education because they're different things you know so i i always kind of i, I like that because i wasn't a school guy you know i liked learning but i like learning exactly what i was going to need i knew fucking trigonometry wasn't going to help me in life 
you know, so I, I never saw the point in going to a math class like that, you know, but I always liked the management classes. I always liked the psychology classes, you know, because as a coach, you're dealing with a bunch of psychologies and stuff, you know, so those are the classes that I liked and that I took interest to. I wasn't good at taking tests. I wasn't good at sitting down to do homework, but I retained information that I thought was helpful, you know, and there are certain things that across my college career that I do use, but it's not trigonometry or the quadratic formula or things like that. I have not used any of those things, you know, even balancing checkbooks. It's like we have computers that do all that for us, you know, and that was a whole accounting class where we had to learn all these things that computers do for us, you know, so I never really saw points in those. So it was the concepts of the management classes that really helped me kind of form the way that I see things now. You know, so not letting school get in the way of my education, I took that to heart, you know. So the reason why you're not, some of us struggle, I know, getting their priorities straight. And so mm-hmm. I think that that quote can be applied to your They're not letting you work. School not letting us mm-hmm. in the way of our education. Our education may different anything that your education yeah. with. And so that's where I wanted to go. Right. So, question for those that can't hear. Um, and for my clarification, to make yeah. sure I'm, I'm answering your question, you're talking about. People that struggle with time management, how this applies to to every, just everyday life, like work priorities and stuff, yeah. and you know, with education being potentially MMA. Um, I and and of course, there, there's going to be bias in my answers because of what I do, but I felt that this was true even before I owned the business and when I was just a student. MMA teaches you almost everything you need to know about life. And I firmly believe that. It teaches you psychology. It teaches you physics. It teaches you time management. It teaches you things to how to prioritize. It teaches you um, discipline. discipline, economy, you know, because you got to know when to use what kind of energy. Like your energy is your, your main resource in MMA. So you have to invest certain energies into certain things in the sport, and it's a limited source. You don't have unlimited energy, you know. So it teaches you all these things. Um, opportunity cost is a huge one because that's the other main thing that I say that I learned in in college at UIC. Because um, everything that you do, we we tell people from the very beginning in the base class, you're most vulnerable to get hit as you're attacking. So every time that you're looking for a jab, you're looking for a cross, you're looking for a takedown, you're opening yourself up to be vulnerable for an attack. You know, so you got to be mindful of that. You need to be ready for that. You need to be kind of one step ahead in your brain. You know, you have to do everything step by step and make sure you're not skipping any steps physically, but you got to be one step ahead in your brain just in case this happens, just in case that happens. You know, so if... And, and that's the main thing that I try to teach in my classes is, is the concepts of the sport and why we're doing certain things. And, you know, I, I try not to, 
I'm not a preacher. You know, no one's paying me to preach. And people are paying me to learn MMA and give them a good workout. You know, so I try, people that come to my classes know that I tend to talk a lot, you know, but I, I try to limit those things and, and make sure we focus on the, on the sport itself, you know, but if, if this podcast helps me kind of bridge the gap between the classes and that, because I, I firmly believe, and, and I think some people catch kind of the, the hidden things that I sprinkle into classes, you know, because when I'm explaining a concept of the sport, it applies to life too. You know, and I think some people, and depending on what each student is going through in their lives at their particular time, they might catch it, you know, and hopefully it helps them see things a little bit better, you know, but that, that's what I try to do, you know. So for me with school, my entire life, it was not letting school get in the way of my MMA training, you know, and, and to a person that just thinks like MMA is just a hobby, that's going to be hard for them to hear. And that maybe even like, okay, I don't want my little kids to come to this guy because he's going to get them to drop out of school. I have never told anyone to drop out of school. You know, I get people that struggle in school. I finished school. You know, it, it was a struggle. But there, college teaches you things, especially if you don't like it. It teaches you even deeper time management. It teaches you, you know, discipline to be so because for me i i had very little issues being disciplined to come to the gym because i enjoyed being at the gym i wanted to be at the gym i didn't want to be in school you know so having to be at school taught me discipline because i think just the gym by itself wouldn't have done that because i wanted to do that i had to learn to do the things that i didn't want to do and still have to do them well enough to pass you know that that's what uic kind of taught me do I remember the things that I learned specifically? Not a lot of it. Like I said, there's two main things that I remember out of UNC. Yeah. But it's everything else, you know? So, and I guess that's what, what frustrates me as, as a coach and a business owner, especially when people tell me that they don't have time to train. Because that's bullshit. Every single one of us at the gym makes time to train. We've all been, well, I can't say we've all been. I've been... I know you have too. We've had jobs, whether it's part time or full time, while going to school, while training, while trying to balance the social life. Don't tell me you don't have time. It's just you don't want to make that time, you know. And and that's one of the main reasons when people ask me straight up for my advice, I tell them it was like you know training should be the last thing it, that that you replace. Your training should be the last thing that you try to move around because. If, especially for those that say that they want to fight or they want to compete or they want to teach one day or they want to coach one day. It's like, that is what's going to last longer than school. That's what's going to last longer than a nine to five job. You so, you know, not to forget, there's a lot of mm -hmm. And just because you have a job, you don't have a, you know, a life, a career. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have doctors at the gym. You know, and one of my students just told me that he couldn't make it last Thursday and Friday because he worked back to back um, all nighters, you know, so and then he still showed up Saturday morning. <laughs> you know, he could have used that time to rest, you know, but he chooses the time off from the hospital to come train, you know, and he's one of the students. He's relatively new, but he asks good questions in class because he's trying to learn. 
you know, because maybe that helps him take away from, he's not trying to fight. He's not, he's full on doctor, <laughs> you know? So he just, maybe he's using it to just get away from his day to day. Maybe he has a legitimate passion about the sport. He's, he's just, of just wanting to be a better martial artist for himself, you know, but everybody has things on their plate. I have things on my plate. I have things on my plate that make me not want to go to the gym, you know, but not going to the gym is going to make my plate even heavier, you know? Maybe also how part of the and I made this deal with the things where I look at okay my education is what I'm doing you know I'm learning how to be a better coach I'm learning how to be a better martial artist I'm learning how to be a, a better business owner you know so everything that I choose to do needs to help me with those things you know and if it's not helping me with those things then it's not a top priority if I have extra time at the end once I'm done with the priorities then okay maybe I can look into it you know because that's exactly what professional wrestling was you know I, I've said it so many times I'm not looking to go on the road as a professional wrestler you know but I want to learn the business side of things I want to learn and in order for me to learn the business I need to learn what professional wrestling is you know I need to know what the rings feel like I need to know what it feels like to take a bump I need to know the the amount of pressure that a professional wrestler is in while they're performing if I'm ever going to get on the business side of things, because if I know nothing of it, how can I help any professional wrestler, you know, whether it's in whatever kind of role that I, I choose to potentially one day take, yeah. you know, but I need to know what those things are like, you know, and, and the few, you know, little drills or the practice matches that I've had is that there's a lot to think about, you know, and it's, I'm not in front of an audience. I'm not in front of a crowd and it's not something that I'm looking to make a living off of. You know, so when I think about the wrestlers that we saw this weekend, they have to put on a physical performance while giving like a theatrical performance. So they're doing athletic performance, theatrical performance with pressure, not only being in front of a crowd, but also being in pressure of the people that are hiring you because you want to get hired back, you know, because you want to get paid, you know, because if you don't perform well, you don't get booked, you're not getting paid. You know, yeah, you you need to give the promoter a reason to bring you in, and that's to the crowd, you know. So, th there's a lot that goes into it, you know. And, and I want to learn that if I'm going to get in any sort of business side into that, that industry, you know. But that's that's a secondary thing for me because right now, it's, I have a gym, you know, I have a gym. I have people that compete. I'm trying to buy a building for the gym. You know, so I have these things, these other pressures that need to be focused on first. You know, I'm not letting what I'm doing with professional wrestling interfere with that. I'm, I'm working a little bit harder than I was before I got into professional wrestling 
to make sure that that doesn't interfere. And the same goes the other way. I, I can't let what I've done in MMA interfere with what I'm learning in professional wrestling. You know, and, and sometimes that's hard because I've done MMA so much longer than professional wrestling. But it's, again, it's teaching me how to disconnect things, how to take what's useful from one industry and putting it in the other. You know, because I've been a professional wrestling fan for almost 25 years now, you know, and to say that I never used anything that I saw with how WWE promoted its its wrestlers or its business, I've used certain tactics that they use and the way that I teach and the way that I run my business. And it's worked, you know, but what being a fan of professional wrestling also taught me was the need to be able to pivot when things stop working. To be able to evolve, you know. So even though wrestling, watching wrestling was kind of a hobby and a, a disconnect, that still didn't interfere with my education because I was learning certain things that I can apply to my business, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was just really focusing on finding the things that connect and finding the things that can help me get to the next level up. You know, and, and if it's not doing that, then I don't want it in my life. Who separated like your, I guess your priorities from, I guess, some of the wants, right? Some secondary priorities. I don't know mm-hmm. what to call them because regardless of, of you not focusing your full time wrestling, still find that as a priority in your maybe mental health or your side business mm-hmm. or different. But it's in a different category than your MMA and your business being that Yeah. Yeah. Professional wrestling is in a totally separate category from my my career, essentially, my business. Yeah. You know, but but like you said, it, it does help with the mental health because it, it forces it forces me to forget the MMA stuff for a little bit. You know, because when I'm in the ring, some of the MMA stuff it, it helps in certain areas. But a lot of times it there's so many times where Miss is like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not what that's not what we do right now. You know, that's not what we're doing right now. No one's fighting you. They're gonna help you. You know, in my mind, like if I'm gonna pick somebody up, I need to squat down. I need to engage. I need to pull in, and I gotta explode up. Not, and then sometimes that works against me in the ring because I'm forgetting that the other person is gonna help me. They're not putting their weight down. They're not sprawling on me. They're actually gonna help me pick them up a lot easier." Because the easier time I have to pick them up, the more control I have of them, the more I can keep them safe. You know, and where that's kind of come in in MMA, where sure it's a little bit more force, but if I'm just helping students, I'm not fighting them full force. But now I'm learning that I can pick them up and I can put them down without hurting them. You know, and I'm building a confidence in that now. You know, because there there was a certain fear when I would work with people. What if I hurt somebody? Yeah. You know, but now I'm learning trust. to trust. Yep. So that's where instead of allowing one thing to get in the way of something, why not use your strength to help mm-hmm. that? You know, and I think some people, for example, they hate you know going to school. They hate putting in that time for their job, and they're like. I'd rather do MMA instead. But for those that are into MMA, not mm-hmm. everyone's like that. Of course, mm-hmm. people are focused on their business, whatever. But if they'd rather do one thing over the other, 
instead of looking at it in the way that, man, it's not going to help me, so why even do it? Yeah. But I have to. So now they're putting more pressure on themselves. Now they dislike it. So how do you deal with that? You know, like, I, I don't want to talk about other people because I, no, this and, is just that, you know, so for me, I, I'd much rather spend more time being a coach and instructor than a businessman. But I understand that if I don't spend even a little time being a businessman, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to have anywhere to coach and, and teach, you know? Yeah. And if I don't coach and teach properly, then the businessman has no business to run because there's nobody there, you know? So I, I got to find that, that they need each other, you know? And it, the same goes with people. If you don't like working and you'd rather do MMA, it's like, well, how are you going to pay for your tuition unless you work, you know? So finding that, that, that positive or finding that why, or yeah, even accepting that why that you're doing something that you don't enjoy, if you don't need it, then yeah, don't do it. But if you need it to pay your bills, if you need it, like, you know, at the beginning when I first started running the business, I still worked my, my nine to five job, you know, because running the business wasn't paying my bills. You know, once it, my, the gym grew to a certain level, then okay, now I didn't need that, that other job and now I can focus solely on, on, on running the business. You know, but that was a long process. Like I say it right now in 30 seconds, but living it, 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 was, it was rough. Yeah. You know, and it even felt it weird. Took, what, seven years? Like your business? Because <sighs> you were a manager for like, when you started in the name, right? Yeah. So with Victory, that's where I became, I started with Victory in 2011. I became manager of the gym, I want to say either late 2015 or early 2016. Okay, so five years later. Uh-huh. And then from there, might have even been 2017. No, it had to be 2016, the latest, 2016. And then from 2016 to 2018, the end of 2017 is when I became a business owner. I didn't own 100% of the gym yet. I owned 70% of it. Uh huh. And then a year later is when I took the other 30. It became 100%. And the beginning, the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019. Oh, seven years later. Yeah. So that's your preparation. Took you seven years. Yeah. To become a business. Yep. Which some people that's mm -hmm. the sacrifice. Seven years working in that field diligently and, you know, taking orders from somebody. I, I didn't have control of the classes that I taught. They told me what to teach and how to teach it, even if I didn't agree with it, you know. And even as, as a manager, I had a little bit more say and a little bit more like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to, you know, this is what I think we should be doing. But if the bosses didn't agree, then I still had to do it their way, you know. But I, I had, and I made a post about it last week where I had to learn how to follow before I could learn how to lead, you know. And, and those are the things I think people didn't see because they weren't there, obviously, you know, my students. You know, there's a handful of people that were around when I was climbing the ladder, you know. But it was it was seven years of... You know, I, I'm not shy. I'm, maybe I'm too open sometimes. My first paycheck teaching in MMA was $90 for a whole month. 
you know, while I was still paying my tuition to, to train there, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, and I did that maybe longer than I should have. Maybe if I would have, you know, complained a little bit more, maybe if I would have, you know, spoken up a little bit more and say I deserve more, maybe I would have gotten more a little bit sooner, but that's not the way that I work. You know, I'm getting an opportunity to learn something that I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, and I'm doing it. At the time, not understanding how much stress comes from, you know, owning the business. And I could solely just focus on what works as an instructor, what works as a coach, and what doesn't. Because I didn't have to worry about the numbers. You know, now as a business owner, I worry about the numbers a lot. You know, but at the same time, in my same body, I'm the guy that worries about the quality of the classes. You know, so it's finding that balance, you know. And if, if it was a rough month, like January was, that is very easily distracting to me as a coach, as an instructor, you know, and it adds extra pressure that maybe comes off of my classes or maybe, you know, it, people can see I'm a little off, you know, but that's the, the daily work. You know, the people that have, you know, the nine to five jobs or they, they work the 10 hour shifts is like, okay, but when you clock out, you clock out. When the gym, when I lock the gym doors at the end of each night, I don't get to clock out, you know, because my mind is now either thinking about the day that I just had, what could have gone better, and how can I make tomorrow better? Especially if today was a bad day, if I have too many of these, I'm going to lose this business. So I don't get to clock out. You know, it, it's very difficult for me. And I, one of, I think it was one of my cousins that made a post that said, the older you get, your weekends feel more like a 30-minute lunch break. <laughs> you know, and, and that's exactly what it feels because the weekends go by so quickly now. Yeah. You know, and, it, and the weekends used to do a better job of recharging my batteries, you know, and I chose to have a puppy, you know, that takes up a lot of my time too, yeah. you know. But again, I can't let him interfere with, what I'm doing, right? And and the, there's a sacrifice to him because I feel bad for him on, on those long days at the gym when, when I, there was one day, the day that Carla got hurt, the, the, the day after, you know? So I was teaching, I was in charge of all the classes um, when she, she was hurt. I had to fill out an application for, for the gym's insurance. It was like a five-page application that I had to fill out. And... Still find and, and and the the poor dog was just sitting on the couch and he would come over while I was on the computer like hey let's go play and I was like I can't you know and just the look on his face he just looked so bored and sad you know so that that was a sacrifice that not only I had to do but he had to do you know he didn't ask to be adopted by me yeah. you know yeah. to to live the life that I'm living and to be part of it. You know, so the, the best I can do is just try to give them something. And, and when all the classes were over, instead of coming, going straight home, I stayed an extra 30 minutes once everybody left to play with them a little bit, you know. So I, at that point, it became a sacrifice of sleep and rest to make up for the sacrifice that he had to do for me, you know. So, and I tell people all the time, you know, and it, and it sounds cynical, where not everything in life we're going to enjoy. There's going to be days where we have zero fun. 
you know, but as long as the days that we're having that zero fun is to make sure that we have fun in the future, because it's something that I learned even before UIC. And it was something that uh, one of my wrestling coaches said, you can either play hard now and work hard later, or you can work hard now and play hard later. You know, so I chose that I'm going to work hard now so I can play hard later, you know. And and that's kind of all those concepts are kind of what's kept me going, you know. And January was rough. The start of February hasn't been any easier, you know. And each month that goes by, the pressure is going to, to get this building. Our lease is up at the end of the year. You know, it takes time to process, you know, the purchase of a building and let alone the construction that needs to be done to make sure that the new building is ready for us. You know, so th there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that go ahead by, by no means like you're complaining yeah there's one thing that some people because I've, I've noticed the pattern sometimes pressure mm -hmm. uh, i don't know if they can hear me but just because you look at that <laughs> just because you know you're openly expressing the frustration mm -hmm. or the you know the hard nights does not mean that you're can't do it like mm -hmm. some people come up and they'll say oh are you okay or they you know they try to cheer you up but it's like okay yeah you know, none of this is i'm not looking for pity i'm not looking for someone to check in on me i'm not looking for someone to you know to pull me from the misery because i you know i'm not trying to sound complaining with all this stuff but it's just the facts of life yeah. you know and and, and the biggest thing is like I'm choosing this, you know, because people will say that all the time. It's like, yes, I chose this because I love MMA. I love teaching it. And I've also done it working for another person. And that was stressful. And that's way more stressful than what you know. Exactly. There's so much more like everything that, that that's the opportunity cost. That's where we're bringing all of this together with yeah. the things, the, the concepts that really. I really use on a daily basis the cost of not having to work for somebody is everything that I just said. You know, the cost of being my own boss and being able to, you know, be where, be there for the people that I want to be without having to ask two weeks ahead of time yeah. if I can have a day off yeah. is everything that I just said. You know, the cost of trying to grow the gym even more so we can provide better services for our students and for, and for more people is the cost of a bigger building and the stresses that go with that. You know, so if, and, and I say all these things to show people, you know, because I'm sure there's, there's people that have been doing this longer than me. I'm sure there's people that have bigger problems than I do. You know, so I'm uh, not trying to compare me with them and I'm not trying to compare me with the people that are complaining about their nine to five, you know, because it's all about the choices you make. It's like, if you don't need that nine to five to get to your end goals, why are you there? And if you're not working actively on your end goals, if you say, I want to do this for the rest of my life, but your nine to five is stopping you from working on that, why are you there? You know, is it worth being there? Is it interfering with your education now? Because the longer it's going to take you to come back around to that, 
the longer it's going to take you. Like you said, seven years is what it took me. If I would have let school kind of, I don't know what just happened. I got a phone call while we were recording, and I don't know where it cut off. I think it, it says we're recording. Uh, it said it paused when I answered the phone. This is going so smoothly, guys. I'm just going to forward these calls away so we don't get interrupted again. No, yeah, it's still going on the recording. Oh. Um, what was I saying? The, if, if your 9 to 5 is interfering with where you want to end up, is it worth being there? If I would have let school when I was at UIC and I would, you know, cause I knew UIC was temporary. I knew I wanted to, cause even, even by the end of my UIC career, I was already a manager at Victory. So I, and there was already talks in me opening up the Victory location of my own. So I knew what I was going to be doing after college. You know, so I was like, college isn't my end goal. I'm not going to have someone ask me, let me see your degree to get this job because that's not what I was going for. You know, so if I would have put all my focus in trying to get a 4.0 GPA and I would have had to stop training or if I would have not started teaching and then I finally finished college and now I'm doing all the, the training and the teaching, I would have lost time and it would have taken me longer to get to where I am right now, you know, but because I was like, all right, UIC is teaching me what it's teaching me. I just need to get the education that I need from here and move on because no one's going to ask me for my GPA. And I've been running a business for, for five years now and not a single person has asked me for my college GPA, you know, so to, to spend that time stressed and to spend that all that time to get that 4.0 GPA wouldn't have done me any good right now. And you understood that concept. I did. And and it was something that people fought me on, you know. Like, my, my dad wanted to see good grades, you know. And there were plenty of, of disagreements and arguments about my grades during my time there. But deep down, I knew where my focus needed to be. And that was training. But it's, it's interesting because even now, when you have a Something's telling you about somebody or your business. Like, like you said, maybe some of us may not see it in the beginning, mm -hmm. but there are times that you, let's say, you put in a lot of energy and effort. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, they don't seem like they're putting in the work. Mm -hmm. but you're like, this is an investment. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is where, again, the, the, the facts of, of um, the philosophies of LMA and stuff came in where. Say, okay, this is an investment, maybe not now, but later they're gonna give you that return yeah. somehow or another. Yeah, that's how you get the reading You know, I, whether you want to call it, you know, faith, whether you want to call it intuition, you know, depending on where, where you are, because I've gone through all of it. You know, I am a man of faith, you know, and I, I give a lot of things. And when people say, you know, give Jesus the wheel, uh, I, I tell God, I was like, you know, this stuff's on you. You know, I'm just, yeah. I just ask that God gives me a, the, the light 
on the path that I'm supposed to follow. I'm not asking for the easiest path. I'm not easy asking for the fastest path, the, you know, the least painful path. I'm just asking for the path that's, that I'm supposed to be on. Whatever path he wants me on, that he shows me that that's the path that I need to be on. That's all I ask, you know, and, you know, freaking TikTok has their little intuition test, like everything's black and white, which, which one's the orange pencil, you know, and for whatever reason, like nine times out of 10, I get those correct. You know, I, I've, I've gotten to trust my intuition when it comes to external factors, but Sometimes that intuition on myself, and this was a conversation that I was very grateful to have with Anthony, you know, and it's why I gave him a shout out, him and Coach Kress, you know, because like we said earlier, January was rough. Coach Kress has been sending me some funny ass videos, you know, which he never really has done before, you know, and Anthony always catched me. and, And that's where the communication between an athlete and their coach is so important. Because I truly feel the connection that I built with Coach Kress and with Anthony, even though there's a lot of distance. And even though there was, you know, 12 years, between, like from the last time I saw Coach Kress to when, you know, we, we reconnected, you know, and there was like two years of not talking with Anthony, that those connections were strong enough based on the trust and the communication we had before the separation that lasted that distance and it survived that distance. Because when I'm, at my lowest of confidence, and when I'm at my highest stress, I always get a text from Anthony, how's it going? Randomly. And I told him last week, I've been super stressed. And he asked me why. And I told him why. And he came back with a long-ass text message that said, this world does a good job of making you feel like the crazy one because you care about your business, you care about your, your students. You're doing everything you can for them. A lot of times it's not what we're doing that's making us feel this way. But it's just, it's people in general, you know. People find any excuse not to come to the gym. And it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. And he's like, I've been there so many times because I was a coach. He owned his business, you know, and he's seen it. Those, that text message meant so much for me that that day that it, it gave me that boost, you know, to make it through last week. And that's all I needed was to get through last week. This week, I need to get through this week, yeah. you know, and next week I'm going to have to get through next week. But I can't think about the stuff next week until I get through this week because there will be no next week. Like RIP Apollo, there is no tomorrow. If I can't get through today, there is no tomorrow, you know, so... That's, that's and my dad just told me that today too because I was talking to him earlier. You know, we just got to go day by day with it. You know, because the second we start looking too far ahead, is when we start crumbling underneath it. You know, so it's rough, it's tough. You know, but we're all going through it. You know, just at very different levels. You know, and how much of it you need to go through all depends on each person. Because I don't want to go back working for another gym. I have to go through this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, because I don't know how Anthony does it, but he always catches me on those days. <laughs> yep. Something. But, 
that's that, you know, we're keep this one short because it's been been one of those weeks and already we're recording this on Monday and before we started recording, Andy and I kind of just talked about how our first, what, about 10 hours of our day went. Yeah. <laughs> it was filled with more than we'd like for the entire week, you know, but we've got to keep moving forward, you know, so... If you're going through it too, we're there. We're right there with you guys. You know, but if you want to hear more, see more with it, you know, you can where to find us on social media. You can follow Nene on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. Uh, subscribe to your YouTube and Patreon at Nene MMA. Find me on all major social media platforms at Taz MMA underscore fitness as well as YouTube at Taz knows. But we will find a working microphone for Nene next week, and that's when we'll catch you guys all back then. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.